Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast, and we've actually got a special guest, and I reckon a definite future Hall of Famer. He won the 2013 and the 2016 Grand Final, featured in the 2011 Grand Final with the Warriors, and has moved all the way over to France for the Catalans Dragons. His name is James Maloney. Thank you very much for joining us, and what's it like over there in France at the moment? Uh, a bit crazy at the moment, obviously. Um, coronavirus is going pretty rife. I think we're over, um, I think this morning there was over 100,000 cases. Oh, far out. And, uh, yeah, a bit crazy times. We've been in lockdown. I think today's about day 22 or 23. Oh, wow. Um, it's officially, at the moment, it goes for another week. It's... Um, it's until the fifteenth of April, but there's pretty much, there's pretty much talk that that's you know almost certainly going to get um, extended. So yep. I think tomorrow, I think tomorrow, apparently the the prime minister or president or whatever it is. Well, there's um, both. There's actually both in France, a president and a prime minister. Well, there there you go. I just found <laughs> out something. I live here and I got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've only just moved over there, so that's all good. <laughs> But I think it's the Prime Minister has the higher power of the two, I think. I may be wrong. Yeah, right. People have probably ripped me a new one in the comments if that I got that wrong. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about your um, career. Starting off on the Central Coast, which is actually where I'm from. I'm calling from Lizaro. <laughs> um, so you played for your juniors in on the Central Coast for the uh, St. Eddie's. You played for Arimba Magpies. What was it like going from there all the way up to the big leagues? You know, was it a sort of awe-inspiring, or and um, how did you get there? Did you do trial and train sort of offer like they did back in the '90s, or did you get offered a, a deal sort of thing? Yeah, I, I was playing. Obviously, played my juniors at St. Edwards, and, and I think we got to about under 15s, and we didn't quite have enough numbers to field a side and um, our coach had a bit of a um, in with Arimba and they were in the same situation so we sort of we sort of joined um, sides for the last two years of me juniors so then progressed out to Arimba after that and um, I actually when I first went to Sydney it was me and about five other mates from the coast we just went down to the North Sydney Bears open trials oh wow and yeah, and we just subbed up there, and uh, I think we basically all ended up getting picked, picked oh, up that's and, awesome. and, playing, and playing with the Bears. And obviously, you know, they didn't have the first grade tight at the moment. So, you know, in terms of junior clubs, that was for under 20s. Um, it was, you know, obviously a bit of a, um, you know, weaker sort of outfit and that. Yep. Um, so, you know, but we we are there. We had Still a, got your foot in the door, a, sort of thing. Yeah, it was something, and you know, we we had a really fun year. Obviously, with five of us, you know, we'd finish working and and carpool down the train and, and things like that. So, mate, it was good fun. And and then I got a um, late in the year. I sort of I played six months of North Sydney in the, with the twenties, and I got pulled up the Premier League for mm-hmm. the back half of the year. And then Greg Florimo called me one day and just said, oh, do you have a footy manager or anything? And I said, no. Nah, like, <laughs> like, why would I need one sort of thing? Like, yeah, this is, that's all like, like, yeah, that's way above where I'm at. And he sort of put me onto some guys and, and said, look, I think it'd be worthwhile you getting one. And 
that I yeah end up um, getting Wayne Beavis as my manager, and he got me a, a deal to go out to Parramatta. Yeah, because I was just about to mention you then went over to the uh, Wentworthville Magpies or Wentie Magpies and played in the Parramatta Eels Junior system. Um, how did you go from the Parramatta Eels Juniors to starting your first grade debut with the Storm? Yeah, well, I had so I had two years at um, Parramatta, obviously. Became Wentworthville the second year when they brought in the NYC comp and yep. uh, the state cup went. We went were sort of under the Wentworthville banner and played two years there in 07 08 when Michael Hagen was the coach and oh wow uh, got close like I was I was on standby a couple of times to to play first grade and debut there but just didn't sort of arise and um, and then yeah got an opportunity Craig Bellamy called me and. And sort of said, yeah. You know, at the time, they had Greg Inglis playing at five eight because they didn't really have another half. Um, so there was sort of an opportunity there if if I was to go down there and take it. And yeah, I went down there and um, made my debut that year. Oh, for sure. Um, and then you honestly went on to have, you could say, a stellar career in the NRL after the Storm. You went, you then went on to the Warriors and made the grand final for the first, like made the team first of all, and then that team made the grand final for the first time in, I think it was like nine or something, nine something years. Um, and just in the short span of two years, you managed to get to the grand final. Unfortunately, you fell short on the day. But what was the atmosphere like in a totally different country such as New Zealand? Yeah, crazy. Like, obviously, um, you know, you talk about, you know, talk about teams like sort of Townsville, like the Cowboys and Newcastle, sort of these one-team towns. But, you know, the Warriors, they're a, they're a one country. Yeah, they're a one-country club, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so different. And when you're over there, it's, you know, especially when you're going well, um, everyone just gets on board and there's so much support. Like, I remember, you know, there's... People seeing us off at the airport. And, oh wow! You know, back after thing like yeah, they were they were pumped. So yeah, it was an awesome experience. Uh, again, it was it's heartbreaking to get to a grand final and lose it, but um, yeah, they, I learned a lot out of that experience. I think, and I think it. You know, there's an old saying that you you got to lose one to win one, final to win one. Yeah, and I I think that's very true. I think once you once you've done all that work and you you feel the the heartache at the end of it. You'll do anything um, not to have that feeling again. Yeah, exactly right. And speaking of the great, the other grand finals that you played in, you played in the Roosters 2013 grand final and the Sharks 2016 and first ever grand final win. Uh, first of all, which of those two grand finals do you hold nearest and dearest to your heart? And which one was the most physically, um, like took its biggest physical toll on you on the night? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people ask me, you know, what's your favourite one? I think it's it's hard to split. I think they're all so special. And, you know, for me, the the Roosters one was obviously my first one. So that's yeah, obviously sure. pretty important there. But then, and it probably wasn't until afterwards, just the, you know, I probably didn't, as I said, in the lead up, didn't understand the gravity of, been involved in the Sharks' very first one for their club. Yep. You know, so after that happened, um, you know, you sort of go, "Wow, that's that's pretty amazing," you know. And you know, it doesn't doesn't matter how many you know premierships they go on to win, they'll only ever be a first, and that's yep. pretty cool to be a part of. So, 
I can't I can't split them, you know. I I, I understand the the gravity of you know the Cronulla one, but I still, you know, the so Roosters the, one. I think any time you win a premiership, they're they're just as special as each other. I was going to say so the so, so they're equal for you in your heart, but in for different reasons, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then talking about your success in representative football, such as New South Wales, as you know, there was the Queensland dynasty, you could say. And then pretty much the year after you debuted for New South Wales, New South Wales won it. And then you also won it in two thousand and eighteen and two thousand and nineteen. Obviously, with the COVID stuff this year, I don't know if Origin will go on. Uh, what was it like feeling that they, when you won it with New South Wales that you guys got that, you know, you could say hoodoo or monkey off your back after such a long time of Queensland dominance? Yeah, it was, it was you know, it was tough, obviously. You know, it's a pretty formidable uh, Queensland side. That, <laughs> yeah. Know, all, happened, all happened to hit the park at once. And, you know, we had uh, made, made even harder. We had Greg Inglis, who was born at Kempsey, and Izzy Falau from Western Sydney that managed to be <laughs> Yep. Side, so. <laughs> yep. you know, but um yeah look it's hard and obviously you know it took me till 18 you know the, the boys broke that drought in 14 but I, I wasn't a part of that side and it sort of took me until um 2018 you know where, where I could finally be part of a winning series and that was something that yeah it did, it did eat at me a little bit you know that you know and it hurt that I'd you know, been there on a few occasions and been so close, but not quite getting it. And you know, when you when you think that, you know, it was you're up against, you know, possibly one of the greatest Queensland sides you'll ever see. And you know, there were series there that you know were decided by two points. Oh, they could have gone either way. You know, so it, you know, it was it was it was very heartbreaking. But you know, the last couple of years in in eighteen and nineteen to be to be able to get a win and then also then go back again and uh, reinforce and go back to back in series victories. That was, that was pretty satisfying. Oh, that would have been so satisfying. Um, especially considering, as, as you said, they won in 2014 and then three years of, of more Queensland dominance. And then just to get that double, you know, the 2018, 2019 would have been really special. Um, now, talking about um, some of the teams that you were at, such as, you know, Panthers, Warriors, etc. We've got a question from one of the fans of the podcast. His name is Luke, and he asks, "Which facilities, like which clubs' facilities, do you think were best suited for you during your time in the NRL?" Um, I don't know. I find I find this. I suppose someone outside of footy. I find I think in terms of state of the art facilities. It would be would have been Penrith by by far. I've yeah, heard that. Yeah. They set up, they build up there, but then I also not a very big believer in that facilities make much difference anyway. You know, yeah, so it, yeah. makes, it makes some things a little bit more convenient. But yeah. yeah, I don't. I've never, never really been one to. Because you could have all uh, the equipment in the world, but it comes down to how good the team is on the day, sort of thing. Exactly right. So you know, it's all one. At the end of the day, it doesn't make. You still got to train just as hard. You still got to do. Everything. So you know, while ever while you might be in a big, pretty gym or whatever, like it doesn't doesn't change the work you have to do and, and things like that. So um, as I said, in terms of state of the art facilities, I think Penrith the setup they've got out there is outstanding. But yeah, you know, yeah, I, I've never really been a big believer that that's a 
you know, a massive factor in, you know, why you go to a place or anything like that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Because I do know that back in the 90s um, and early, very early 2000s from some players I've spoken to, that was one of the deciding factors that did help them. But as you said, you can have all the state-of-the-art facilities in the world, but as yeah, it comes down to how you guys do on the day. Um, a few more um, topics and then pretty much we'll wrap it up. Uh, do you have any favorite pranks or memories um, that you carry, you know, over to France with you from the NRL? Well, lots of memories, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, pranks and things like that, like probably none that are, you know, if you were just sort of to recall them or say them that, you know, are, are sort of out and out, stand out funny. But I think that you just, over a career, you have so many memories, just, you know, camaraderie around the locker room and, and little things. And it's like anything in person. You know how how your mood is on a day, and something happens, and like if you're in a jovial mood, some things are just hilarious at certain <laughs> times, and, yep. but they might not actually be that funny. And things are, but it, it's you know my a lot of my memories are, you know, apart from on the field and doing that. You know, it's, we we're probably you know one of the luckiest people in the world to have a to have a job where we go go to work every day with thirty of our you know, best mates and, and hang out and have laughs and, and have fun, you know. I don't I don't know any other occupation in the world that sort of gets that. So I, I think that's something that, yeah, when it's all done and you have to leave footy, I think I think that's probably what you miss the most. Yeah, that's that that seems to be a running theme um, from what I've done with interviews. I always say that the camaraderie and or the preseason that they that they definitely they don't miss the preseason, but they definitely miss the camaraderie <laughs> and the friendship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely the case. I think. And speaking of preseason and COVID in particular, because you moved over to Catalans during their preseason, what? How was the transition and moving over to France like for you? Because I do know that there are a few other Aussies um, in the team, such as David Mead, Josh Drinkwater, etc. Did that help make your move a bit easier? And what was the preseason like compared to the NRL? Yeah, it did. I think having people, there's a few guys that I'd um, you know played with before. Sammy Mower, I'd played. Uh, Greg Bird was here now on the coaching staff. Yep. Obviously had him, and so they were they were good sounding boards in you know in the lead up and um, being able to give me advice and and things and you know what to expect and what it's like and then obviously a few other guys that I'd played with media country I hadn't hadn't played with Drinky but sort of he's from the coast and there's some weird connections I think my brother taught his um, younger brother Scotty oh wow and that school and that so there's yeah, you know, and, and that, always, that always makes it, yeah, it always makes it that little bit easier. Now, obviously, it, it's a pretty big move. You come over, you know, to a different culture, a different language, all that sort of thing, the challenge, you know, but that was also part of the appeal of it, you know, that it was yep. different. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we always wanted to, you know, come over and experience a Super League. At, you know, it's a, a different sort of style of footy. Everyone sort of says it's more attacking and and that. So, you know, it was, you know, something that I'd always wanted to do. And while I'm over here doing that, you know, you get the opportunity to, you know, travel travel the world with your kids and, and give them experiences like that, you know. that's Which would, that's be, nice. which would be amazing but for them as well. It is. And, you know, over here, like they're 
They're in French schools in our little village down the road. So they don't go to international schools where they're English and that. They're just straight out French. So. Oh, wow. That'd be tough for them, but they'll adapt. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it is and it has its challenges, but it's also, you know, it'll be such a good experience for them, you know, in three 100%. years' time, come back and, and they're, they're fluent in French and, you know, they can, can speak two languages and their opportunities, as I said, with the travel and, you know, experience I get. You know, you can, you can't you can't buy that. So um, yeah, that was that was all part of part of the idea of coming over here. And you know, I said up until this COVID stuff, it was all going terrific. But, it was, uh, yeah. Spending a lot of time in the backyard at the moment. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. And I was about to mention with the COVID um, crisis and whatnot. How are you? Um, what what are you doing and how are you trying to stay fit um, physically so that if and when the season comes back, uh, what what sort of things are you implementing from home? Uh, to be honest, mate, I'm, I'm doing bits and pieces, but <laughs> yep. I think if, a lot of people, if you ever ask me, I mean, you know, my motivation and training was never really one of my <laughs> strong, strong points. I've never, <laughs> I've, never, I've, never, I've always struggled to train on my own, you know, I've, as I said, I, I really thrive on the camaraderie and the okay, yep, mate yep. different being in the group. So on your own is really tough. And um, yeah, I do little little backyard circuits with the wife. She does. Um, she goes to a gym, and obviously all the gyms are closed. So they send little online online little workouts that you can do in the backyard and that. So I, I do some of them with her, and I've been on a couple of road runs or got on the push bike and. You know, just going for a ride to try and keep things ticking over. But it's, you know, I suppose I'm pretty lucky. I'm, you know, I'm only a little full. I've got, you know, a fitness space over sort of 10 years of footy now that I don't lose it too much. You know, as long as I just keep ticking it over, I'll be okay. So, um, yeah, just doing bits and pieces to try and stay sane. And uh, But the hard thing is we don't actually, there's no end date on, on where we are now. So, you that, that's a hard thing mentally to go through anyway, to, to keep training, not, not knowing how long you're actually going to be doing it for because, you know, we don't have a definite start-up date. So that that's another challenge. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and just a few more talking points before we get into some um, quick-fire NRL trivia, if that's all right with you. Um, so all good. The last few topics. Uh, first of all, a few quick fun questions. How do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare. Oh, nice, nice. Um, what would be your beer of choice? Um, well, probably just like a Carlton Dry. Oh yeah, yeah. If you yeah. could have any gadget in the in from any movie, um, from sci-fi to whatever, what would it be and why? Ooh, gadget. Probably like a James Bond thing or something. Probably. Nice. I think in one, I think in one, he's got a, he's got his car where he can basically drive it to himself, like start it yeah, up. Yeah, yep, yep. Drive it to himself or something. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty dope. Yep. And just before we head into the trivia, is there any advice you have for any youngsters who are wanting to, you know, have dreams of making it in the big leagues? Oh, I think just enjoy your footy. I think you know that's that's why we all play, and you know, I think even. For me, you know, the day you stop enjoying it, the day you sort of, you know, hang them up and, and do it, you know, it's all about having fun. And, you know, I, I think as a kid, you know, you, you're in footy for a long time and if you want to do it as a 
profession. It is a long time and a lot of sacrifice, so you gotta you gotta enjoy enjoy doing it. So I think that's the biggest key. Agreed. Um, that wraps up the question sort of um, conversation sort of talking points. So I want to thank you very much for that. And I've got no six, I've got six questions here. They're quick fire trivia questions. Um, yeah. I call it the try time trivia because it represents a set of six. Are you ready? Right, let's go. Okay, question one. In which game did the Raiders get knocked out of the 2016 final series? 2016, we knocked them out at Canberra yep. down there in the semifinal. Semifinal, correct. Next question is, um, sorry, who scored the most points for the Adelaide Rams? Was it A, Luke Williamson, B, Graham Apo, or C, Kevin Campion? Jesus, maybe Apo? I wouldn't have clue. Yep, it was Apo. Was it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I wouldn't have even known who played for him. <laughs> well, um, wow, this question's pretty pretty much gauged towards you. I didn't read the cards. I'm just letting everyone know. Did not read the cards before I before I picked them. Which club won the 2002 and 2013 NRL Grand Final? 2000, I am Roosters, <laughs> yep. yes. Um, which winger scored the most tries in a season for the Newcastle Knights for three years in a row from 01 to 03? Was it Tamana Tahu, James McManus, or Justin Ryder? Tamana Tahu, sure. 100%, yep. Um, next question. Which Penrith Panthers player played at second row for the winning Indigenous All-Stars team in the 2015 All-Stars match? Was it Tyrone Peachy, Waka Blake, or Dean Huare? I always say his last name wrong. <laughs> Peachy. Yes. And last, <laughs> question, and last question. What is Wayne Bennett's nickname? A, Big Tuna. B, Bo, or C, Benny? Um, uh, Benny? That, that, that wraps up the um, questions. I think you actually got them all right. One, two, three, four. Yep, you got six from six. Well done. Um, yeah, good. I, I want to thank you very much for joining me here, and I'll probably get you on at some point once the season is either over or it's announced to be cancelled just to get your thoughts on um, what could have been for the 2020 seasons. Too easy, mate. Sounds good. Thank you. Take it easy, mate, and have a good rest of your day. Cheers, mate. You thank too. you. Bye.